rejoicing in it. We are glad in it. We thank you for waking us up this morning. It is great to be in your presence. We are ready for a fresh wind. We are ready for a new move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Let's clap our hands for the Lord.
Speak a word and we will be here. 
church is singing. your holy name this morning yes the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2 but Ephesians says you must be filled it says be filled be filled every day be filled with the Holy Ghost be filled you need a fresh outpouring you need a fresh touch we need a fresh wind we need a fresh anointing we need to be anointed with fresh oil for 2022 come on lift your voice sing praises to your name this morning. Can you flow with me? From today.
the congregation sing I'll bring honor to your name come on sing I'll bring honor to your name voice of triumph. I'm trying to change something about your spiritual DNA that you're going to start to bring God more than a song. You're going to go beyond I sing honor. You're going to go to a place of where I bring honor. And there's a big difference. Because we've got many people that know how to sing, but don't know how to love. And we're going to come back to the place of where I'll bring honors to your name. Oh. One more time, come on. I'll bring honor to your name. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Bless His holy name. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your clap. He's worthy of your shout. He's worthy of your dance. He's worthy of all the instruments we play. He's worthy, He's worthy, He's worthy. He's the King of glory. Come on. Let the King of Glory come on in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Come on. We give Him all the praise and give you all the glory. Father, thank you for the anointing, your grace and your favor. Thank you for strengthening us during this fast. Our lives belong to you. We present our bodies unto you as a living sacrifice. 
holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. We give you all the praise and give you all the glory. Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy and everybody shouted a good amen. Amen. And everybody online, greetings to every single one of you. Welcome to the best church. Come on. I'm, I'm going to help you. With the best pastor. With the best congregation. With the best marriages. With the best business people. With the best kingdom people. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Come on, we are fulfilling destiny with sons and daughters uh, possessing their possessions. Uh, ten times smarter. Welcome, welcome. This is kingdom life. Let everybody give a good shout and an amen. There's a breakthrough already in this house. I can sense it. There's an anointing to break every yoke. Oh my God, I feel the anointing in this place. Somebody's got to praise the Lord. Woo! Something good is going on here, right here, right now. It's so amazing when you tell your body after seven days, you know, this is not, you're not eating this. And then all of a sudden your spirit comes alive. I mean, look at your neighbor and say, where were you? Yeah, because you're looking better now that you fasted. Amen. A social distance for high five if you can or, or just an elbow or something for somebody in the house. And everybody online, it's great to have you online with us. Please let us know if you're here for the first time with us or you're connecting with us for the first time. But there are miracles everywhere. God's doing some tremendous work in our lives. And we want to give him all the praise and all the glory one more time. Thank the Lord. Amen and amen. If you're here for the very first time, we're going to meet you in the foyer. We'd love to meet and connect with you. Um, we don't have coffee for you, but we do have water. Amen. And so we will not tempt you beyond that which you are able with coffee and consistence. We will just keep that aside for now so that we can do what the Lord has called us to do. Amen. But it's great to see you. It's great to have you in the house. All the ministers are here. The pastors of Firefold Ministry. Just, you know, look at your neighbor. Look at them and just clap your hands and say, you made it to 2022. You know that. Just let them know. Just let them know. Everybody online, God bless you. It's great to have you in the house. Man, we've been having some tremendous services. Wednesday night was off the chain. Yesterday morning, God just did a whole new thing. Released the word. I hope you heard the word that at the end God gave a final word as we closed and said you were in a season of multiple streams. You're moving from fruitfulness to multiplication. I don't know who's praying for another baby, but there will be multiplication in that house. Amen. Because whatever you're looking for, God has got it for you. The anointing is here. I feel we're going to be praying for people today. I want to release what's in my spirit. There's quite a bit going on in my spirit, but welcome to every single one of you. All our sons, daughters, all across the globe. We love you, we appreciate you, we honor you, and we keep praying for you. We really do. All our partners that are sowing into this ministry and being a part of what we're doing, we honor you. And um, it's great to do kingdom work together. And everybody said, Amen. Holy Ghost, help me. Help me, God, this morning. I need the anointing, Lord, to live by your spirit. Teach me. Develop me, train me, 
Empower me to do what you've called me to do. Anoint these lips of clay. But I pray today that all of you and none of me, that my words will not be set forth in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power, a proof of the Spirit of God operating on me and stirring the hearts of my hearers, their most holy emotions, thus persuading them that their confidence and their faith will not rest in a man, but in the power of a living God. It is my prayer today that you would move mightily in this place. We submit our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. You better have a notebook. We are going today with, I got plenty of scriptures for you. We are busy with Emmanuel, so this is quite a bit we're covering today. I want you to catch it. The title of today's sermon is, A Life of Restraint. A Life of Restraint. Please put up, if you can, the, the picture with the four words and to help everybody just catch where we're going to. There are four key words. On every fast, we have them. This particular fast, there are four words. They all start with a W. And it is going to empower you to understand, number one, not just the Word of God, but how your apostle operates. I am, I've been trained up and skilled as a systems analyst. So programming is where I went into. And so I like to think logically in a way. Um, and I like to, and I'm not saying that this is the only way God works. I'm saying the way he raised me and the way I think. So when you come to this church and you come to this apostle and you're connected to this uh, part of the vineyard, there is a kind of thinking that with me, things are going to make sense in a way. I, I'm not saying God, God will figure it out. I'm just saying that there is some logical sequence to the word of God. And there is a way that anybody can be programmed in a way to be coded with spiritual, you know, spiritual DNA so you can function in the purposes and the plan that God has got for you. And so I need things to click. I need things to make sense. I need things to come together for my life. It's really important for me because otherwise I don't get involved in things. I need to be clear about where we're going to. And so the programming for your spirit, number one, we're going somewhere. It is the Word of God. So we've discovered that on Wednesday that it's God's authority um, and of course, Jesus is not Jesus like we know him anymore. He is the word. He was the word before he came to be Jesus. And he is the word seated at the right hand side of the father. And the word of God cannot return void. And so we've discovered that Jesus and his authority in the heavens. He's been given a name uh, that is above every other name. But he's also um, has the authority of all things in heaven on earth and under the earth. So demons know when the word begins to be preached. Demons get irritated and agitated. And when you begin to set up the word of God, and especially if you get into a place of, of teaching, because uh, it's through teaching that we turn trash into treasure for the kingdom of God. So if you're taking no notes, um, you know, you struggle. You, it takes a long time to, 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 to catch up from where we come from because you were conformed to a world like me all of us, and we're now being transformed by the renewing of our minds to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when you understand that you're taking some notes and you're developing, the word of God is the number one thing. So everybody gets the word. We preach it across the globe. We do whatever we do. And then we go into something that is more 
of a little more specific for me especially because my design and my purpose is to bring you into your purpose. And so um, I like to know what you were called to do. I like uh, and what you were born to do. I like to know what your gifting is. I like to know, I don't really care about where you come from and your past and your history. And I mean, we don't even preach about that. We know there's no condemnation for those in Christ. I'm really concerned, like God is, where you're going to. And so the big thing is about decisions, decision-making and, and understanding the next phase. And for many people, you know, um, there is an end game where we need to go to, and it's called the way of God. So we want to move you through the word, and the design is that you get into the world. That's where we're going this morning. And then you're getting to the work. What does that mean? We'll get into that next week, and uh, as God would allow us to. But there is an end game that you walk in a different way. I would have thought you'd be more excited. You're not excited yet? I mean, if you're happy with your way, then keep going your way. <laughs> the problem is that, you know, there's some people, there's some of us that are unhappy the way uh, our, way, our, our way has been. Anybody believe that it was rough? Anybody believe that there was, on this way there was poverty? In this way there was sickness and disease? In this way was people oppressing you? In, in this way, I mean, there's just like a whole bunch of things that I just don't like that way. And so in the end game with God, there is a way that seems right unto man, but its end is death. So we want to go to the place of where Jesus said, I am the way, not, not just any way. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. So it moves you into God's way. And so that's where we are. And this morning's one around the will of God is really critical. I, I need to take time to build my case before you. And really, like a lawyer, show you through scriptures what it really means to be in the will of God. Because there are many Christians that get the word and sing songs every week. And they sing praises to his name, but they don't know how to bring honor to his name. And so this morning, we're going to go there. So there's something about this that I believe that every believer in this place and every son and every daughter of Kingdom Life Embassy should understand something different. Why? Because you pray, the Our Father, thy kingdom come. What's after thy kingdom come? The will of God must be done. So that's the next phase for where you need to go to. So the Bible speaks in, the, in, in Psalms 103 about Moses and the children of Israel. The Bible says the children knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. And there's a big difference. Because I can pray for you, you want a job, I, the act of God will do it for you. And you can live your whole life. Now I just need a, I need a wife. Okay, fine. And I need a car. Okay, now you get it. Oh, I need a job. And you come back to church only for the acts of God. And God will heal you. But there's a group of people. They're matured sons that are operating out of the ways of God. And they have a different mindset. Just tell your neighbor that he's preaching about you. So... In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, let's speak about Moses a little bit. By faith, Moses, when he became of age. Now, that's an important thing because that's a matured son. That's not him trying to find an act of God. That's trying to be concerned or have an understanding about how God's moving. He says, when he became matured, Tell your neighbor one more time, he's preaching to you this morning. 
It says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be a partaker of an old system. He's choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. There is a reward going God's way because at the end of that way, there is a, a reward for everybody. And everybody's going to receive theirs. Whether you've done it or not, there is a reward. And some of you are just going to get a stick sweet. No, I'm not, not you. The one behind you I'm preaching about. Amen. So Moses had the faith to refuse. He said, I'm not going down this way anymore. Because he stepped out of just knowing the acts of God into a place of knowing the ways of God. And so it's at this point where your life changes completely. And I'm, I'm giving, the coding has become very specific for you and for your destiny because the will of God is there, but it's different for me than it is for you. I've been called to preach. You could be called into business. And there's a whole bunch of things you want God to know or you want to know from God in his will for your life and for your destiny. So when you get into, I know the word, I'm now going deeper into the code of the kingdom. I now get into something that it is, that where even though my assignment or my mandate or my gift is for you, my accountability remains before the Lord. Yeah, are you with me? Because now God is putting his finger on my life specifically. Not general stuff. It's very specific this morning. And so you're dealing with the will of God. And here's the thing that we, we missed for many people. When you, when you take the next step with God. So the word is preached. But Jesus starts calling these disciples. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 24. And there's something called the law of first mention. The law of first mention says, whenever God reveals something for the first time, you must sit up and take note. Why? Because success leaves clues. Jesus said, so he's preaching. And everybody's hearing about Jesus. But now he's getting specific. And he's calling disciples to come after him. This is what he says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if, now that is where your will's involved. If anyone desires to come after me, let him, here is the first mention of discipleship. It's what we call the first law of discipleship. It's number one is to deny himself. It's to deny, you quiet this morning, to deny himself. You have been brought into an organization, the most powerful entity in the earth called the church, which is living of this place called restraint. We have restraining orders against the devil, over our family against the devil. And it is a way that you can function in the kingdom of God as a matured son that understands the courts of heaven that you can function in there. But here's where we need to go this morning and why the fast is so important. is because number one is that 
The first law of discipleship is that I deny me. And a beautiful place to start is by taking that plate and turning it around and saying, not today. I'm not sure am I speaking to the right people. Am I in the right church? Uh, is this Kingdom Life Embassy? I just... Wow. Uh, if you've never met me before, I'm Apostle Max. So here we go. Have a look at the W. That's your walk with God. It's always going to be this way. So when you fast, you now position yourself from God and God gives you His Word. My response to God has got to be His will. He's going to respond by showing me His works. I respond by going His way. Are you getting it? Because that's the pulse of life in the spirit. When you're fasting, you're receiving the word, but the word needs a response. And it's got to do with your will. And we need to go there this morning. So, whenever you find the, 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 the word of God, and God waiting for the people in the earth, the word has been preached, is needing a response from everybody in the earth. And I want you to think about something this morning. Quite an interesting exercise. If I give you the name of anybody in the Bible, you will be able to discover whether they lived off and at which point they had the law of restraint or the principle of restraint in them or where they let it go. I call to the witness stand Adam and Eve. I mean, God said, look, you, you're coming, you're in my world, you've got all my provision, you've got all my blessing. And I want you to know you can freely eat from every tree. He says, but from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, evil you shall not eat. Did I give it to you? Genesis chapter 3. I'm not sure if I did. So, he says, I am telling you, here's your freedom. You're in the center of my will, and it's all good. But I want you to know, because I made you as what we call an a institution all by yourself, what the power I gave you, that's locked up inside of you, is your will. And you've got the right to choose whichever way you want to go. But I am telling you, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. You can have everything that you want, but this one, don't eat from this one. It's so amazing with the devil how he'll tell the young ones that the church is trying to keep you, you know, from the good life. Freedom's greatest expression is not found in, in that we get to do what we want to do. But rather that we don't get to do what we want to do. You want to find true freedom? Is me being able to have a, live, a life of restraint and say, I refuse. I refuse. Adam and Eve were happy fulfilling their God-given assignment until they violated God's law of restraint. It's so, it's so crazy. 
that the devil will always tell you about the one thing that you don't have. And you throw out everything that you do have. Oh no, this church, they sing so loud. I just go to another church. Listen to me. The 80-20 rule knows. You can throw out your, your wife that you keep complaining about. The devil will show you the faults in your wife all the time and show you the 20% fault in her, but never show her what the blessing and a faithful woman she is. It's quiet in this church. Or you say, you know, I, I just need to get another man. I need to get another man. I need to get another man. And yet this guy's faithful to you. And he'll make you give up the 80 to grab a hold of the 20. And then you're sitting in a place of where you think it's freedom. Just saying. So the world system teaches you to do whatever you want as long as you are happy. They say freedom is doing what you want. The Bible shows us freedom is actually found in not doing what you want. The devil says that tree will make you wiser. Do what? Just eat it. God is holding back on your happiness. God is trying to limit your life. The church is trying to control you. Ah, just do whatever's right in your own eyes. You know the kind of bondage we're all sitting in because one person... Let go of the law of restraint. You are quiet. Your Honor, I'd like to bring Cain and Abel to the stand right now as a witness. Not saying too much about that. But Cain who killed Abel, when God gave him instructions, said, if you go the way that Abel did, won't I also receive your sacrifice? And because he would not, he let go of the restraint, the revelation, the word that God gave him. He violated it, killed his brother, and became a wanderer. Let's go to Genesis chapter 25 and verse 34. I'd like to bring Jacob and Esau to the stand, please. You know the story of Jacob and Esau. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright because he couldn't fast and pray and say, we don't eat now. Some of you just want to eat now. You've not taught your children even the law of restraint. You're going to teach your body. You're going to discipline your body. Paul says, I beat my body. Why? Because my flesh can eat you out of the will of God. Your flesh is unruly. Your flesh is rude. Can't sit in the service. Can't appreciate somebody else. Can't repent. Doesn't want to forgive. Your flesh will get you into so much trouble. If you don't discipline your flesh and say, now's the time to sit still. Esau let go of his inheritance because he wanted to fill his stomach. A bowl of lentils, man. Cheap, cheap. Gave your whole inheritance away. The Bible says afterward, when he came back crying, he wanted his reunited. It was too late. Because in the spiritual realm, the number one thing is that the word of God, but then there's the will of God. And part of the will of God is that my will must come under God's will. Because your will can override God's will every day. You are more powerful than God. He made you that way. That you can say no to God today. 
I can say, I want to eat. And the devil is right there. He overrode the will of God. The, div- the principle of divine restraint says, you understand that if you don't live by this, you can lose everything that is actually rightfully yours. Let me add something. You can lose your life by getting HIV or some disease. Every marriage needs this law of divine restraint to survive. I cannot tell you the number of times that the idea came out. Not, I mean, maybe a handful, maybe on one hand. You know, the last one was with COVID and I said, hey, COVID, you got to leave, dude. We're in trouble because you're getting my marriage. I, I mean, like maybe five, four or five times, maybe, maybe more. Where we said, let's quit. You go your way and I'll go my way. And I said, I know God will use me. I know that I'll go and preach. But tell me how that would have worked out for the rest of my generation and the people I had to minister to. Because I refuse the law of restraint. I cannot tell you the number of times that I will tell my wife, my wife, you better keep quiet now. Because that word that you're speaking is messing up the environment. I know you're upset. I'm telling you now, you need to back down from those words. Because we're building, we're working on something. So keep speaking life. It's called the law of restraint. It's on your lips. I'm going to give you a scripture before we go further. I want to give you the scripture. It is found in Proverbs. And I need to find it. Guys, if you can give it to me, I gave it to you this morning. Proverbs 10, 19, please. Proverbs 10, 19. Have a look at this. Please read with me. One, two, let's go. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is what? You understand that some of you are speaking yourselves out of your destiny and blessing. You speaking, your, you keep on, I just want to say this. No, 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 no. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. I know it's that time of the month, but you're going to have to learn how to take that week and we all, you go sleep there, I sleep here, but for now we need to shh. Because you are messing up. And we can take one week of like really bad week that we had and the whole marriage is on the rocks because of one week. And the next week comes and you say, so let's speak about the thing that happened last week. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm fine now. Okay, I better move on. It's fasting time. Let's make sure I got some security here with me, please. So you can sell your inheritance. You can destroy your marriage. You can destroy everything if you don't live a life of restraint. I mean, you can lose weight. You, I mean, you can, you know, get overweight. You can get, I mean, just mess up everything. If you watch somebody who's actually emotional and then, you know, when they get emotional, I just, I just leave him by myself and just, I'm, I'm just taking the credit card with me. And come back from clear water and the whole marriage and the family's got muddy water because you went to clear water. You're going to have to train your spirit and I'm telling you fasting is a beautiful place to take your children and your family because it is a place where we learn to walk with this law of restraint. Have a look at the scripture. I'm just laying foundation. We're not there yet. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 16 and 17. Take some scripture. 
Woe to the land. You can mess up a whole nation. And look at South Africa and even Africa. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. This child's not been trained up. But he's got a title on his head as a king. And your princes feast in the morning. You weren't supposed to be eating in the morning. You were not supposed to be doing and asking for an Audi A3 when you just passed matric. What rubbish. You would can work. How can you be feasting in the morning? You just started your business. Let me tell you the car I'm going to drive. And let me tell you, I'm going to buy this house. And you never even provided the service. You spent all the money in the morning. Do you understand why our nation's in trouble? Do you understand why families are in trouble? Do you understand why businesses are in trouble? Do you understand why even God will tell me, start in a double garage and you're not going to ask me for anything? You preach, you clap your hands, you sing. You don't need nothing from me because I need to raise you up. I mean, when I started off, I said, look, you know how old I am already? I'm, I'm already 30. You know, I was, how old was I? 40, 40 or so, two when we started the church. And I'm like, oh, so where's the speakers and where's the singers? And God said to me, dude, we don't work like that here. You want to see this church built? You want to, you want to actually look like you? I, I had no mic stand. I had no speakers. He says, then take a broom after you swept. Then keep it there like you're preaching. Because you, you, you want to give out a business card? You haven't even got any reputation around building and God developing you? Because you're calling for stuff way before it's time. You were not supposed to be feasting at breakfast. According to scriptures. Listen to this. Please read with me. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles. He's grown up. And your princes feast. When? At the proper time. And now, this church is going to clap their hands because I've just saved a family counseling session. You were supposed to come at the end of the day, say, look what I've worked for. Look how I've developed my spirit. I went to school and I went and I developed myself. Some of the biggest problems we're having is when you give your child a brand new car. Is, I mean, insurance companies don't even insure those cars. Because they know the kind of damage that comes with somebody who's so immature. With a fast car. Who does that? Come on, the only place you start at the top in life is why, where... By digging a grave. So the nation's in trouble when the young don't want to live with the law of restraint. Because they want to build nothing. They want everything handed down to them. They refuse to work or study. And you know, they come back with a little bit of a report and say, well, so what am I going to get for this? You're going to get the hiding for this. Because everybody wants to be the boss. Listen to me, I'm helping the parents. Train your children. Don't let them feast in the morning. Don't give them everything. From a young age, tell them, no, not now. Nobody's in the fridge. I said not now. Why? Because I said so. Okay, I'm going I'm to get off this because it's like, I'm, it's like I'm, Pastor, you're messing with my home here. Please give your children the things, teach them how to say no. It's called honor. Because when they honor God, when they owe, they will not disappoint you. Let's get to back to the church. Okay, we're out of your house. We're coming to this house. Can we go there? 
Your Honor, I bring Eli and his sons to this, to this, to the witness stand, please. A church is in trouble when its pastor cannot restrain the sons in the house. Do you have anybody in your life as a man of God that, listen to me, Pastor Jerome Liberty said, that fears a man in the earth like he fears God in heaven? Has he got anybody that can get him and take him by his throat and say, this thing that you're doing is rubbish? You better have that kind of man in your life. That if, I, if your wife were to say, I'm calling Apostle Max, you should be sitting in the toilet locked up somewhere. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. So Eli is the priest and he's got his sons. We're supposed to take care of the house of God. But this man, the Bible says he's fat. He's grown overweight dealing with the things of the world. He's not, he's, we're dealing with the spiritual space where he's, in fact, let me give you the other scripture here. In 1 Samuel chapter, uh, give me verse 2. Listen to what it says. Listen to the trouble this church is in. The house. It came to pass at that time while Eli was sleeping down in the place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. What are we talking about? You're talking about revelation. The house of God was supposed to hold revelation. My eyes, when you speak about Moses' eyes went dim. It speaks about Moses still had good revelation from God when he died. Eyes to see has got to do with revelation in the spirit. Because whoever's got the revelation rules the earth. And so God's expecting the church in its position to actually have the revelation so that the world comes looking here, they should know what God once done. But the priest and his sons are so ruly and, dis and, and, and show no restraint that God says, I'm replacing them. Because the house of God is supposed to have the lamp of God. Here's where the light's supposed to shine from. That anybody's in trouble right now and don't know which way to go because you're operating out of a world system. When you come into the kingdom, there's light. Which way to go and what to do? You should have revelation. And so what God does is he raises up, you know, Hannah has this boy and she makes a vow to God. You can have him and she puts him into the tabernacle, into, into the temple and he's there. And God is raising up this Samuel that will serve God to a place of where the Bible says... Um, God let none of his words fall to the ground may that be your portion as a child of God may you become so weighty in the spirit that when you pray you can just say amen because you know it's done because when I say today the door will open for you when the words fall to the ground it will not fall to the ground it must go to the place that I've sent it when the word of God is preached when I say 24 hours time there must be a breakthrough that by tomorrow this time something should happen for you and your family that's how it should be let the anointing fall in this place because I am telling you there when you're walking in the light and you have revelation if they said no to you last week because we are in the place of revelation revelation rules the world when you begin to call for revelation something happens in the natural that allows those doors they must be open when God says yes no man can say no that's why he told Joshua Joshua listen to me son let there be this restraint all over you 
because I am telling you your territory and your inheritance is from you, the, the Euphrates until the side. Now divide all of this year amongst the people and I am telling you you are restrained by these boundary lines. But if you stay in these lines, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life because you receive your inheritance by understanding the restraints. Now you try and cook like Gershwin. I just want to be like Gershwin. It's not your territory. How can you have dominion? You got to live. Stop telling your children they can be anything. Stop it. You know more. That's a world system. They design differently. They got different gifts. How can you just throw them anywhere and say, well, what do you want to study, my child? I'll just study. Now, please hear me. When they're young and learning different kinds of skills and involved in different, it's beautiful for experience. You must do it. Work is the way that you get out your potential. It's all good. But stop telling them that you were born to do anything. You weren't. Neither were you. How did anything work out for you, tiger? I know you look like him and I know you got the, the outfit on, but I mean, hello. So God speaks to Samuel, 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 where are you? He grants to Eli. Eli says, no, the Lord is speaking to you. And so he finally gets to his senses and God is raising up this boy. Listen to what he says. Eli wakes up in the morning and says, now you need to tell me what God told you. And don't hold it back from me. 1 Samuel chapter 3, 13. Have a look at this. Eli, not living with a life of restraint. For I've told him, God speaking to, to Samuel, I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. Because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. Because the house of God was supposed to be a place of restraint. When you come into the house of God, everything about you is not that you're in the house only of restraint. It is also the fact that you were supposed to live a place of denial where I deny me. I can't have that now. I can't eat that now. No, I'm not buying Mercedes to impress people now. Let me build my business. That's what the scripture says. First prepare your outside work, then build your house. This is good preaching this morning. Now, the importance of the house of God, when you get into the house of God, you were supposed to get this one thing, the key thing from the house. I don't know what you came here for. If you came here for a wife or a, whatever, I don't know what you're looking for. Hatching, matching, dispatching, I don't know. The deal about the house of God was this one thing. It's found in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Come guys, move. Proverbs 29, 18. Read with me. Where there is no revelation, that where there is no light, where there is no understanding about what God says in the house of God, what happens to the people? The people cast off restraint. There's another version, the Spanish version, version that says, where there is no revelation, 
The people are like wild, untamed horses. Now you know why people aren't fulfilling their destiny. Because they don't have the law. The church is the place where the law of restraint is in. Be okay with me when I tell you, honey, that, that, that dress you got on, that low and behold dress, push down, lift up. It's called the law of restraint. Don't just give him anything. You don't find any treasure just on the top. Everything that's of treasure and of value is hidden. God hid it. Tell somebody, hide it. So when Jesus puts up this institution called the church, he says, I'm going to put this institution in the earth. Number one, you're supposed to operate out of the law of restraint. Number two is that I want you to know that the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Why is that important? Because you're holding the revelation. And I want to show you something about the church that is so powerful in the earth. Read with me 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 5, please. Let me tell you today about this place called the church, called the place of restraint. Not only do we function that way. Not only is it that we have revelation and that the people, if, if there's no revelation, where there is revelation, the people get focused and disciplined. That's what it really means. That's the opposite of that. It's like, you know, well, if there's revelation, then everybody in this place should actually function differently. Are you with me? I'm in the right church this morning. I feel like I'm fasting by myself. Just clap your hands and, you know, we are. Uh, come on. We're all going down this road and we are dealing with life because we are holding back on the things that we need to do. Because number one was that this church, it's as an institution, was built that way. And watch how important this institution is. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? He says, it's coming. Look what's happening in the world. He says, look what's happening in the world. The only institution that holds, it's not, it's not government, it's not the police. The police are half asleep. The politicians are whatever. I mean, I just don't even go down. But you're expecting them to protect you and to restrain? It's the church. It is the body of Christ. It is us. He says, look, there's a devil running around. You keep on playing with the devil. You keep on playing with them thinking that the devil loves you. You keep thinking that this wolf is, you know, dressed up the whichever. And think, the, the, the only thing that is stopping the world from doing and fulfilling their agenda is the church of a living God. Give you scripture. And now you know what is restraining. What is restraining this devil? That ye may be revealed in his own time. He wants to reveal himself. He's not even hiding his agenda anymore. It's everywhere. And yet he can't reveal himself the way he wants to. Not because he doesn't want to. But because it's not his time yet. Why? The church is still here. And we hold the restraining orders against the devil. 
Oh, this church is going to get better. You're going to give a better clap this morning. I'm preaching better this morning than you're saying a good and amen this place. Listen to what he's saying. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, God, Holy Ghost, church, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then, the lawless one will be revealed. He can't, the, as much as he wants to let the whole world just be taken up by all of his training and developing and, and craziness. He can't. Because the restraining entity is in the earth. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Are you with me? Then the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, because they wouldn't come into God's system, because they wouldn't deny their flesh, because they wouldn't come into the kingdom, because they wouldn't receive his love, because they wouldn't deny their flesh. He says, this is what's going to happen to them. When God comes to fetch those who are doing his will and that are in his purpose and he pulls us out, he says, you, you, you think you're seeing deception now? You ain't seen nothing yet. It's in your Bible. He says, for this reason, God will send them. When, this is, when we're gone, he will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. All starts by just denying a plate of food and saying, the law of restraint is in this house. Are you with me? It's in this church and you're going to clap your hands this morning. I don't get to sleep with whoever I want to. I don't go live the way, whichever way I want to. I don't go to nightclubs and go and sit in pubs and mess up my life because I just, I just, I, just, I can. But I, my will is dealt with before God. You keep following down that road and not living a life of restraint. There is a condemnation for the people after this. You have not seen deception yet. I'm trying to teach when the preaching is gone and the church is gone, you ain't seen darkness yet. The Holy Spirit is restraining Satan from revealing the Antichrist until God's work is done in the earth. When he takes us up, we'll be out of the way. All those who refuse Christ will be left behind to serve Satan. But at the moment while we are here, there is restraining orders. He can't touch your family. He can't touch your business. He can't touch your children. You are in the right place this morning. This is the kingdom of God. Let the shout come from this church and begin to believe that your home is of limits to the enemy. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. We're going to preach this word and tell the devil, you can't touch my bank account. You can't touch my business. You can't touch my body. You can't touch my marriage. You can't touch my children. I come against you, you foul spirit, because the church is going to agree this morning with me yeah. 
You need to remember that this morning. He's got no right just to mess with anybody's life. It's in your Bible. The Bible says he's seeking who, the, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. But yeah, he may not. You're going to shout that back. He may not. When you know who you are and what is yours, and you know that you're in the church of a living God, this is the only place there's a, there's a restraining order against the devil. You better, I'm telling you online, you better stop playing that game out there. You better get back into the house of God. You better have the anointing. You better be submitted. You better get into the kingdom of God and life in the spirit so that you can submit your will to the will of God for the sake of your children, for the sake of your destiny. And everybody in this church said, Uh, let's get into your honor today. I'd like to bring in this moment, Joseph to the witness stand, please. Genesis chapter 39, verse 6. Joseph has a dream. He has a dream. The boy is 17 years old. Don't you tell me that you're young and it's about sex and it's about lust and blah, blah, blah. Joseph was 17 years old. And had a dream. And if you're 21, you're old already. So Joseph goes and he's sold by his brothers because of his dream. He's now in Potiphar's house. But when he's in there, that's all he left. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. So he trusts Joseph so much. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome like Pastor Max. In form and appearance. Oh, you guys are so unhappy. I, I'm okay with me. It came to pass after these things. I wake up in the morning with my mother and say, you're looking really good this morning, sir. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has into my hand. I'm now living a life of restraint, ma'am. There's no one greater in, his, in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do... Please read with me the end of it. How can I do this great weakness and sin against who? Not your boss. You don't steal from your boss. You don't steal because your boss is not there. You don't do it because God is watching over you and that you are living a life of restraint. I don't go there because God sees everything. Is anybody going to hear me today? It's not because you're not there with me on a Saturday night. Now I get to do my own little private thing. No, 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 no. God is watching everything I do. I come to you and I don't prepare a message and I make it up and I haven't prayed. And I come to you and I pretend with my gift. You need to hear me today. Next week, we're dealing with the gifts and how your work, your, the, the, your gift is connected to the work that you do. I'm not speaking about your gift. The Bible says a man's gift will make room for him and bring before great men. I'm not dealing with a man's gift because the gift you got is for free. Your gift, Sheldon, you like hitting drums the whole day. His gift, and he'll start the drama school, and he'll get, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll just, you know, I, I want more drums. 
that came from God is for free. What we're dealing with on the will of God is not the gift, it's the man. Because the man and his gift are two separate things. So Joseph's carrying a dream, but this man's going to have to run. She says, I, I, he says, how can I sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day, what a pestering woman, that he did not heed her, to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work. None of the men of the house was inside. And she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and he fled because he was operating out of the law of restraint. I'm going to give you a final scripture in verse 21 of this one. Uh, sorry, Your Honor, on this particular case of Don Joseph. We're not done yet. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. He went into prison. They caught him, put him into prison. But this is what it says. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You think favor comes for free. Favor comes after I have said no. Not everybody gets favor, honey. It's people who have learned to live with the law and a life of restraint. Favor is not for everybody. I mean, if favor is for everybody, then everybody should be, you know, experiencing the blessing of God. No matter how you live. It's rubbish. And so, when you begin to understand your separation, I want to get into some other things here. Uh, please type this out. A man who cannot be restrained by the Holy Spirit cannot be used by God. I want to say it again. Any man that cannot be restrained by the Holy Spirit cannot be used by God. You need to understand, I, I mean, I got so many more I want to bring to the, grandstand, to, the, to the witness stand, but there's so much going on here. You remember there was a woman by the name of Vashti, and she was having a party, and when the king called her, she would not have her ears restrained to the core. Because in when she refused her husband, she got replaced. Let's take Esther, bring her to the stand. Esther spent 12 months away from every man, away from every kind of thing, every involvement in any kind of thing, and just dedicate her life and said, I'll wait for God to do this. You keep on calling for in Boaz, but you everywhere. There's no restraint. And you're expecting the favor of God. Why don't you give God a chance this year? How about you separate yourself from every ungodly relationship, anything that is not of God, and say to this is the year, I'm going to live a life of restraint, and I'm going to trust God for my husband, and let's see after year, a one year, if God will not show up with the man, because you didn't put yourself out there for everybody. You went and you lived a life of restraint, and all the Esthers in the house shouted a good amen here, man. Don't come and tell me he's your Boaz. And he hasn't got two cents to rub together. He's just a... I didn't say that. I need to go on. I need to end. But I'd like to bring Samson to, this, to the stage. And you tell me about somebody who would, when God anoints him and sets him up, the Bible says he went to find women in Timnah. 
There's a meaning for that place. I don't, I, I got scripture for you. I don't have time. But listen to me. Timna means beyond a checkpoint. There's a checkpoint where you need to have a check in your spirit and say, I can't go beyond this point. I can't live beyond here. I need to make right with God. Why? A life of restraint brings favor, brings, uh, keeps the anointing, keeps you flowing in the purposes of God. It's called life in the spirit. It's the will of God. Oh Lord, I, I got to move forward. I got so much more to go through. Let's just, let's just, I mean, you know, Jesus, when he came to the cross, he said, Lord, if this cup can pass, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But you're dealing with, with, with fasting. And I want to end off with this. Here's my conclusion. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Let's end. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. You don't tell your flesh, don't do that. Don't do that. The solution to your flesh is walking in the spirit. Then your flesh submits. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Your hand should be going up left, right, and center with feet and everything. Say, Father, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, party spirit, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Everybody shout restraint. So, Here's my story. God didn't tell me I'll be traveling the globe. God didn't tell me I'll be having a church. God didn't tell me that I'll be a pastor. I had ideas for business and I, things I wanted to do and I said, oh God, I'll give you this. But I heard the word of God and then the coding inside of me and he said, you need to take the next step into the will of God. I didn't know I'll be traveling every year to the Bahamas in the last decade, Bahamas and Chicago and sitting on boards watching the kind of stuff that God is doing now. It's just so phenomenal to see sons being raised up, to see businessmen and women coming together and God doing such a tremendous work. I had no idea that it would be so glorious that God would do this for us. I want you to know that there's a process through all of this and it hurt like hell getting to this place, but it was, it was so tough. But I look back and I'm saying it's so worth it. Because I decided to leave just the word and just saying I heard the word to this is God's will for me. 
And I decided that I wanted God to show me. I didn't know the glorious things that we're seeing now. I didn't know that. I'm a young man and I'm just saved. But I mean business with God. And I wanted to know what the will of God is for my life. Because it changes everything. Please hear me today. I'm saying this to you as in, and I need you to pay attention. When you step into this next level of coding, it changes everything. Because life the way I knew it was over. Programming, going out when I wanted to, my whole life was coming to a place of restraint. And here's what I did. I'm just teaching in the home cell one day, no desire to start a church or anything. Just, you know, I, f it, I fell into it because the previous home cell leader had to move on and the like. And all these people were this home cell. They said, well, you know, I was trained up by him. And so home cell leader, just please come and let's just... And then they came to my house and this thing started growing and now we're having 40 people in a home cell and the church has come to find out what am I trying to do with the people. I'm like, dude, not interested. I don't want to deal with all these people's problems. It's too much for me. Are you looking at me like that? I didn't want to meet you. Every week. Take on people's problems. Then people stab you in the back and I mean, we knew about church, and I was like, what? No. Like, I must preach every week. No, man. You know, I go to church now and again. Oh, I must be in church every Sunday now. Yes, son, it's called the law of restraint. So in the home cell one night, the Lord leads me to this. I want to lead you into this today. I have a meeting that was so significant for me and everybody else, it's before I met you and even any, before the church started. This is what I did. I preached a sermon like this and I stopped. This is what the Lord gave me to do. Oh, I must open it myself. Thanks, man. I suppose that's the will of God. I did this in a church service, in a home cell setting. I went to everybody and I gave them a blank piece of paper. And I said, I want you to go and sign at the bottom of this thing, your name, and write these words. Not my will. And from today, God, you've got the right to write on this blank piece of paper whatever you want. Signed, Maxwell Holland. You do with my life whatever you want. Because from today, I'm stepping out of the word and I want to know your will. Many people play church, come in every Sunday, no change in their lives. I mean, they usher, they serve, they whatever. 
They're doing their own will, yet they're hearing the word every day. Because they've not gotten out of, here's his word, I want to know his will. And someone once said this, for anyone, for anyone, who God knows will not do his will anyway, he's slow to reveal his plan. God will like, okay, you, you will, you're playing a game, so I'll play with you. God knows the hearts of men, whether they mean business with God or not. I mean, I cried out in my fast and praying time. And one day, God, as I'm praying, God says to me, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom. I'm like, what does that mean? And then he takes me on this journey with him, down a different way altogether. I'm not running back to the world. I'm not looking for a job. I'm not looking for anything there. I mean, I'm dealing with all kinds of stuff, phone calls and crazy stuff that I owe people. And I'm dealing with the, the fight in my mind. Should I go back? Should I move forward? But I signed on the dotted line. And I made up my mind, I'm not going back anymore. And the scripture for me was in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9. Like Jesus prayed. Then he said, behold, I've come, read with me, to do your will, O God. So God takes away the first. I don't know what your first is. My first was programming. My first was a businessman. God can take away the first. I signed on the dotted line here, the right to take it away. To establish the second. It's called the will of God. This, I told you from the beginning, was for the matured. When Moses became full of age, you don't get to offend me and me leave the will of God. You don't get to say things about me and say, oh, they said this, I'm going to stop preaching. You must be kidding. I never came here because of you. I came here because he called me. I came here for you and I'm your gift and you can use whatever. But I've come here because my life and the will of God, this is who I'm accountable to. Because I signed one day on a dotted line. Now let me tell you, it wasn't just once. We lost a building and I'm in flying to Bahamas and we built this great church, had this great conference, Dr. Miles is there and the next month we lose the building. And I'm so embarrassed with so many things and shame and the church is in a mess. And I'm on a flight. I asked the Lord, should I still go to Bahamas? We were booked. The Lord said, I want you to go because I'm taking you to the second. I'm establishing the second in your life. So I hop onto the plane myself and one or two of the sons. And I'm sitting in the plane with my wife and I'm weeping like a little baby because I'm God. I'm moving away from the church. The Lord says, I need you to give me a fresh commitment. He said, I can't. It's too painful. I said, I'm, I'm going back to work. I'm going to go and do whatever I can do, but I messed up so badly, I'm not going. The Lord says, if you give me a fresh vow, I will do it for you. The rest is history. Here we are. Here's your next prayer, and here's your scripture. Psalms 40 and verse 7. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll, in the volume of the book, it is written of who? What? What? Give me me the next verse. 
I delight to do your will, O God. And your law is written within my heart. Another version says, all my days are fashioned in your will. It's written out already from the, my birth all the way through until, I'm, until I, I go home to be with the Lord. Every day is written. Every day is written. This is not a willy-nilly thing. This is not just like, you know, let's see what we make up as we go along. It's written in his book. Your name and every day that you are alive, it's in his book. You're not here by accident. And so that means there is a will of God for my life every day. When I wake up with the Holy Ghost, life in the Spirit, I tap into what he wants done for the day. And I walk it out. Because it's written in his book. Some of you have never heard the word of God and you've been living a life and there is the, your whole scroll. Lifted. This, is, this is Quentin and this is his life. Every single day, including the 16th of January, 2022. God knew what he wanted you to do. And here's what I discovered about in the will of God. You can't mess up so badly that you cancel it. Because the day you went and you gave your will to God, ah, For the sake of landing this plane and ending my case, Your Honor, I have to say. You don't start off in the kingdom by asking, but will I make a wrong choice? You start off by denying yourself. You give up your will and you give up your way. Life in the spirit starts in his word, continue in his, continues in his will, and brings me into his works and shows me a new way. Listen to this. In his will, when I signed here and said, not my will, I stepped into a whole different level with God. And here's what becomes powerful. In his will, when I make the wrong choice, all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. When I'm doing my own will and I make a mistake, you'll pay for it and there can be no recovery. Maybe. In the will of God, even if I took a left, I was looking to do the will of God and I made a poor choice. God's got the right to redirect my life. And bring me into my destiny. I need the church to begin to believe and clap their hands. That you are in the will of God. That you this morning. Someone's going to take a piece of paper. And someone's going to believe. Can I have the worship team up? That they're going to come into the will of God. And they're going to say. Father I'm giving up my will today. So please don't start about your, your choices. Because the choices you're making is outside of the will any, of God anyway. What is cool about the will of God is that he's watching over every decision that I make. And even when I make a poor, poor choice, God covers mercy, covers me. Child of God. Got to end, got to end, got to end. Matthew 16, 21. Matthew 16, 21. You are so powerful because you're made in the image of Almighty God. 
You have got the right to override God's will every single day. You can say no to God. You think God's trying to take away your freedom. The only true freedom is found in the kingdom where you understand my will is submitted to God. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. He's telling them what is, what this is the will of my father. So he's telling his disciples. Verse 22. Then Peter took him aside. Hey, hey, I say stupid. We're having a time of our lives. We're raising the dead, eating good. Everything's great. We're swimming. We're walking on water. And then and you're telling us? He rebukes you. You must be who to rebuke Jesus. Peter took him aside and said, Listen, man. We must leading this thing. Why mess up this company? And began to rebuke him saying, Far be it from you, Lord. For this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me. He calls him Satan. I'm here to do the will of my father. He says, you are an offense to me. Have you ever spoken to one of your friends like that would stop you from going to church or getting involved in the things of the kingdom and they want to stop you? That's an antichrist spirit. You should be bold enough to tell your children, hey, hey, you're acting like Satan in this house. You should be telling your husband, hey, you're acting like Satan in this house. Jesus, with the closest that he has with him is Peter. He calls him Satan. Because we're living a life of restraint. You're an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. In the things of God, we live a life under the will of God, and God's will gives us the restraint to live by. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, so he turns, he says, look at Peter, telling me I mustn't fulfill the will of my father. And we call him Satan. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, here is the, the thing. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever, listen to this now, for whoever desires to save his life, you go looking for life in your own strength, your own will, your own desire, the way you want it, when you want it, with no life of restraint, you will lose it. But whoever loses his life who says, this is my life, this is the will of God, I lose it to God. Whoever loses his life for my sake, you will do what? you find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange? The enemy is always offering you something in exchange for your soul, child of God. Because we're all disciples and I need to find the one of the 12 that's going to be able to be say, actually, I'm worth 30 pieces of silver. Can't live a life of restraint. No wonder when he had sold out Jesus, he went and he hung himself. Because you lose your life when you don't live a life of restraint. Fasting is that thing. That gets me to a place of where I say, if I can say to the basic need of food, no thank you. 
Lust. Anything else. It's no problem. Your party spirit is going to stop. You've got to make a different decision before the Lord. You keep singing at songs about, you know, a little bit of that on this side and a little bit of that. You, you watch. No life of restraint. Huh? What you going to do? That you can't close that computer and you can't cl- turn on that television and say, we don't watch pornography, yeah? Huh? Where's it going to take you? Where are you going to end up? Seeing marriage is being destroyed. Destiny is being cancelled. People's lives in a mess. The church is the only place of the place of restraint that God has given you. That as we're fasting and praying in the season, this is not for everybody, but I'm telling you it's for somebody. That needs to come and take a piece of paper and say, I'm coming to sign on the dotted line with the Lord. I'm not running after you, and neither is God. You've got to exercise your will. You've got to. God's not going to sign that paper for you. You're going to have to sign it yourself. You're going to have to make up your mind from today. I'm stepping out just out of knowing kingdom into God's will for my life. And I'm going to become serious with it. You see, the will of God restrains me. The Bible says about Paul, the Holy Spirit restrained them from preaching in certain places. I want to go somewhere else. The Lord said, no. I got gifts and skills. I can go and study in Sweden and, you know, go and, no, that's not the will of God for me. I've got the skill. And the power to choose is with me. But because I signed on the dotted line and gave my will away, God wakes up every morning. When I wake up, God is right there to, him, to show me his will and to direct me in his way and to bring me into my purpose. And God has not disappointed me and my family because we made that commitment. He's taken us across the globe. I'm meeting the most amazing people. The kind of stuff that God is showing me just because one day I said yes to the will of God. You can't make this thing up. I have a real problem with any pastor, any leader that is not living under the the, the law of restraint. And you want to start a church. What kind of lawlessness will be in that church because you'll be parting with the devil in that church. He loves lawlessness. And the church is a place of restraint. Parents, you tell your children, business people, don't go buy mag wheels. You didn't even get the contract yet. Go and work some and make sure it's transferred before you go shopping. Live a life of restraint. Say, we can't go that way. Not now. We're not eating this early in the morning. Let's go and work a bit. I can't expect the whole world to come here and to do whatever. I've, I've practiced nothing. We've, we've had no discipline here. We couldn't even get a stream right. We can't have the songs right. We don't have people. To, and you want to come and have this great big thing. But we can't have restraint here. You can't have ushers being on time. What are we doing? I know you're calling for your Mercedes and your, your Brian wants a, you know, his, his, his Ferrari. Ferrari with, I, I give you, it's, 
take the broom and write Ferrari on the broom and sweep the church and live a life of restraint, man. Come on, somebody, live a life of restraint. Say, not now, not now. Not, this is not the time to watch this. This is not the time to live this way. This is not the will of God for my life. This is not the relationship for me. This is not the business deal for me. Not everything that is presented to you is for you. You can say, no, not now. This is not. Come on, somebody, learn to have the faith to refuse this morning. Teach your children the faith to refuse. Not every relationship is for you, man. Not every girl that comes past is for you. Because you're living a life of restraint. Everybody to their feet. There was a song that you had. It was your second song. What was it? Refiner. Lift your hands and let's begin a worship. Who means business with God this morning? At the altar. There's a pen and there's a paper for you. This is serious stuff. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. You really want to know the will of God? You need to come and take a piece of paper and sign it. I'm going to pray for you. You put sign it at the bottom and you take, and you, you're allowing God, you, you take that piece of paper out from there. And you make sure it's put separate. Your will be done. There's such an anointing. Something's just happened here. Give me a give me a basket. Put it on the side. They'll take it. They'll take it. It's the next person. All you do is you sign your name at the bottom and you say, Not my will. That's all you do. Don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. Worship right here. Not my will. Brian, just put it in the offering baskets here for me. I'm going to pray for everybody. I'm praying. I'm praying for those that are serious with God. More than a song. Come on. Thank you. 
more pins. Just more pins. Come sign. Just more yo. Just more pins. Come here. Your more pins come. Come. Different cues come. Come. There's different cues. Pins are here. Come sign. Sign. Shouting the Lord this morning. I am telling you, God means business here this morning. Heaven means business. Don't leave. Don't leave. There's a fire in this place. Everybody online, you send me that message. I am telling you, there's an anointing in this place for people's destinies. It's unfolding this morning. The will of God is being unfolded over this generation like never before. And I'm telling you, God will equip you. He'll, thurish, he'll, he'll furnish your life thoroughly. Equip you with everything that you need to fulfill the destiny that God has got for your life. You need to sign, send me that message. We're praying for you. But I am telling you, this is serious business before the Lord this morning. You need to worship. Keep going. Fall in this place, I'm telling you.
let me tell you this God is going to give you everything that you need to fulfill his will in the earth he's going to equip you he's going to empower you I'm telling you today Don't worry about it, Brian. I'm going to pray. Just don't worry. We're going to pray. You, you're trying to order the people's lives. Where they're going to now, God's taking away the first to establish the second. Listen to your apostle. Stay close. I've been on this road with the Lord. It's now 20 years. I've been born again 25 years, but about 20 years, I said yes. And I signed on the dotted line, but I signed my life away. You're looking back at the testimony of a glorious thing that God is still unfolding. But the truth is the journey has been tough. And let's not kid ourselves here. You didn't sign up for a, a cruise ship. This is a battleship because we are dealing with your destiny. Listen to what I'm saying to you. You don't have to do it. The Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. You don't have to be concerned about that part. If you just wake up every day and say, Lord, my will is now in your hands. Tell me, do I buy the scar now? Do I stay here? Some of you are actually outside of the will of God so bad that if God takes the things away, don't cry. He took away the company I was earning my money at. And he taught me a different skill to bring me into this place. But I tell you, the majority of Christians are living outside of the will of God because they've never signed on the dotted line. Today you signed your life away. And we're going to pray for you. But I am standing here today as testament to tell you it is glorious. And if Brian signed on the dotted line many, many years ago, how's Brian and Aaron doing? It's glorious. Ronaldo came a couple of years ago. How many years ago is it, son? Is it seven, eight, nine years now? Is it ten years ago? He came, said, I'm walking away from my company and the like and the, the, my skill. I'm signing on the dotted line. I'm done. Now let God have His will and way in my life. You like the glory. You need to go and hear the story. God's going to do some things for you. Some of you are actually in the wrong industry. Be okay with it. Some of you are actually in the wrong relationship. Be okay with it. I did not say anybody get divorced. Don't you come and put that on me. I'm talking about where you have not denied yourself. If you have a relationship with the Holy Ghost and you wake up every morning, God's going to show you and give you new ideas and strategies. If you mean business with Him, He cannot deny you because what He done for me, He must do for you. Are you with me? 
Some of you have already decided what you're going to study. You never asked the Holy Ghost. Is this your will? Is this partnership in business your will? You need word. The Holy Ghost will direct you. Lift your hands high now. We're dealing with the will of God. Today you just said yes to the will of God. You just said, I am making a fresh commitment from your own lips right now. Come on, your own words. Father, I commit my life to you. My will is surrendered to you. Have your will and have your way. Beyond your word, I need a word for me. I need direction. Speak to my heart. I open up my life to you. Hear the blank pages of my life. Here's the rest of my days. Write as you need to write. Direct as you need to direct. My life is yours. My time is yours. My talent is yours. My treasure is yours. My house is yours. My transportation is yours. My dress is yours. Everything that, is, that belongs to me from today is yours. Direct as you need to direct. I belong to you. You belong to me. In Jesus' name. I read a scripture in the week. A servant that would work in a house owed the master. Seven years, the law says they must go free. But if they don't want to leave, and they want to stay with this particular master, they need to go to court. And they would have to pierce the ear. And they move from being a servant to being a bond servant. It's for life. This is just what took place this morning. That means your ears not open up to everybody else's ear. Your ears are going to be open. Put your hand right here. And spiritually just, Father, we pray. As bond servants, we come before you. For everybody online, we are here to hear what the will of the Father is. We are here to hear the word you would speak to our hearts. Only you can open up our ears. And so today, I thank you and I hear your voice and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. You've made a vow before the Lord. Encourage them now to walk in what God has got for them. It's really simple. You've been listening to the army of a living God. And all you do is you wake up every morning and you come up and say, Lord, I'm, I'm checking in. Is there anything I need to know? In the word, enjoy it. And God will direct you like he's doing with us every day. It's fun. He'll take you to the house. He took me to my house that I love. My wife loves the house. Gave me the best church. Gave me the best worship. Come on. You know, I thank God for all the different churches and the pastors and where they're preaching. But I thank God for His direction in my life to take me all across the globe and to teach me around the kingdom of God and sit me with some great people. 
I, in my cleverness could not have gotten there. God in his wisdom took me there. Because one day, I said yes to his will. Yes to his way. The business people. Stuff's coming. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to mess with my sermon this morning. And what the Holy Spirit is doing. You're not allowed to ask about so where. No, no. Yours now is to trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Say this after me. God is too good to mismanage my life. Say God can never mismanage my life. You don't chase after that husband. You don't ch chase after that man. You don't go chase for your own stuff. God is too good from today. He's too good to mismanage my life. He has a plan for me. I'm in His will and I will see the glory of God. And what God's done for me, Dr. Winston and everybody else, God will do for you. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the will of God. And all things now work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And everybody shouted a good amen. Come on, let's go rejoicing this morning. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I want you this morning, please, the offering baskets are here. I want you to, you know, give your offerings, pour into this next season. Whatever you can, the machines are there. I'm going to start praying. i got everybody's names down here. I'll be praying for you personally. Myself and Pastor Zewi, lifting us up before the Lord. If you saw your offering, let's pray. Father, thank you for your people in their giving. Thank you for the anointing, your grace and your favor. Come on, sow a seed into your destiny. Sow it, sow it by faith into your destiny. And believe God for a tremendous breakthrough for you and your family and for all that God has got for you. Are there any believers in this place? Are there anybody that believes, there anybody that believes that God is going to do what God has promised He's going to do? Amen. For your glory. For your glory. I will do anything just to see you. To be for you to sow your seed but listen to your apostle 
the very DNA of who I am and my core. The will of God for my life, the parameters of my life, my core, includes you fulfilling your destiny. This is no ab service. This is exactly the will of God. And what God has done through the DNA or the spiritual DNA, it's going to rest upon you. You're going to find new doors. God's going to guide you and lead you into greater peace and blessing, protection and guidance every single step of the way. Are there any believers in this house? Father, I pray a blessing upon your people from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you for being patient and everybody online. But I'm telling you, this moment is critical for all the sons and daughters that are fulfilling their destiny in the kingdom of God. Now listen to me. Devil, you take your hands off these people. We now ask heaven, Father, I call for a restraining order of the enemy over your people, against the enemy. Over every person that enlisted, that signed up, the kind of fight and struggle we were in, Father, they will not experience the kind of drama we come from because we know better. And Father, you will accelerate their lives. I pray for a, now I call for a court order and a restraining order over them and their family and their seed against the enemy that every form of harassment will cease today. And that their lives are of li- is of limits to the enemy. And that they can move forward with the blessing of the Lord. I bless you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. You will always walk in victory all the days of your life. God loves you. We bless you right now. And believe that what God has done for me, He will do for you. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. From today, you're living a life of restraint. You belong to God. God's got your number. God knows the hairs on your head. You will walk in victory. Everybody online, God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. We love you. Awesome. can now sign up to volunteer at the info desk after the service or fill out a volunteer form on our website on www.kingdomlive.church that's www.kingdomlive.church looking forward to connecting and serving with you this season